is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. It's Theater Thursday! Woo! Woo! We have a new mic today, so let's hope it sounds good. So I have some special guests today. Dylan Adler, you heard him before, the Good Morning New York's co-composer, is here. Good morning, Dylan. Good morning. I'm back. Hello, my fans. And then Lexi Rosenblum is here. Uh, Hi. Yeah, she's the actress for Good Morning New York. She was Yaz in the musical. She sang the show Stopper Station, which we're going to play for you later. We're doing a two-part episode. It's all about writing because we've had so many questions about how to write and how to do the process. So we're going to do something that no one has ever heard ever before today on this episode. We're going to read one of the very, 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 very first drafts of uh, Good Morning New York when it was called Money, Love, and Not Giving a F***. And it was a play originally, and it's the first 22 pages that I ever wrote. And we're all going to be here doing the voices. Are you guys ready? I hope so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scared. I'm ready. But I'm excited. Before we give you the, the entire reading of our very first draft of the musical... Um, don't forget, we're raising money for our off-Broadway production. We're selling shirts to make it happen. They say stuff like, be a better bitch, which is one of your quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And then living the off-Broadway life, that's just there. We have hoodies, t-shirts, and more. It's fall, so you know you got to get your fall on. Most are around 20 bucks. Logo tees are coming soon. Visit goodmorningnewyork.com. Don't forget, I have breaking news to share with you guys today. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. We have a date. The actual date. Of the, of, the, of the opening night. That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So set, mark your calendar when you buy the new calendar, not this upcoming calendar. <laughs> try, try to buy a calendar with two years on it so you can keep track of all this. <laughs> um, the date is January 9th. January 9th. That's awesome. Exciting. January 9th. Yay. That's Ooh, when the congrats. show opens. I'm so excited. Yeah. And That's then so also cool. we are going to be working on an album. Just Ooh. so you guys know. Um, I'll get back to you when yeah. we figure that out. <laughs> Dylan and I. <laughs> Dylan's like, what? Dylan's like, we're working on an album. Yeah. Well, right now. So today's episode is all about writing. So like what we're going to do when we play with the... One part is like writing the book. The other part is writing the lyrics. So when we talk about the lyrics and the demo and the music, then we're going to talk about what we're doing next. And the music that we're going to be making for Off-Broadway, that's going to be an album. Awesome. So we're making an official Off-Broadway album. That's so cool. Yeah, and we're set to release that in the fall. Next fall. A year from now, before we even open. So before we open. Before we open, we're going to have an album, and then you can buy that and then we might do a package deal where you can get an album and a ticket and a shirt. Oh, lo- logo tees are coming too. Also, so we're going to have logos. Mm. We're g- I'm getting a graphic designer where we're going to kind of revamp and polish our logo a little. That's awesome. So lots happening. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get straight to the wonderful, very first draft of Good Morning New York. It's not even done. It was like one third of the way done. I just want to make it very clear that this is not at all the script for Good Morning New York. It's a very first draft of a play with a different storyline, different characters. It has been rewritten at least 200 times and we're just going to have fun with it. So sit back, have a little fun, have a little laughs. It might be bad, and it probably will be bad, but thats it's a first draft. They're never good. So, here it is, guys.
Question 1. The year is 2060. Landlord stands in Clark Swift's studio apartment. The room clearly hasn't been occupied for a while, yet all of Clark's things lay as if he were going to be home any minute. Police officer knocks on the door. Landlord walks to the door and opens it. The officer enters. I came over as soon as you called. He hasn't been home in weeks! Nearly a month. And your tenant didn't leave any messages? Nothing. I checked the database and there haven't been any missing persons filed report. Did he take anything? No. It looks as if he were going to be back any minute. But he did leave something. Landlord runs over to a table and grabs a series of envelopes. Three letters. Three letters? What are they about? I don't know. Just three letters with three separate titles. Titles? This one reads love. Landlord shuffles to the second letter. And money. Landlord shuffles to the third letter. And the third... Landlord hesitates. Well, the third reads the importance of not giving... Flim. What? Fuck. What? Fuck. It says fuck, all right. It's really what it says? I certainly wouldn't dare say it to a man of the law for any other reason. And you didn't open them. I figured they were private. As you know, it's illegal to snoop through a tenant's things unannounced. Would you mind if I opened one for purposes of the investigation? You're a man of the law. Do whatever you want. Is there one way you'd prefer I'd open? Don't open the bad one. Which one is that? They all could be bad. Yes, but one of them says, I can't. Okay, how about love? No, too deep, too soon. I don't want to find porn. <laughs> not, not in my house. Money it is, then. I mean, how bad could it be? Police officer opens the letter and starts to read it out loud. Money? It could be pretty bad. Police officer opens the letter and reads <laughs> it out loud. I was like all men in my mid-twenties. I was trying to find my place in the world. I didn't have two quarters to buy a stamp or 50 pennies to buy two quarters, but I was confident that it wouldn't last as all things in life, money or lack of it, is only temporary. It was at that point in my life where I believed I could do anything before the world told me I couldn't. This sounds like you're about to tell me a story. It does. Yeah. It does. I hope it's quick, because I need to post a listing for an empty apartment. I'm sure it'll, it'll be an adequate amount. <laughs> Police officer starts reading the letter again. The year was 2018, and I wanted to be a writer. Big shock. Keep reading. It was 2018. Scene two, a man in his mid-twenties is standing stay in the stage with a briefcase. I wanted to be a writer, but nobody pays for unproduced sitcom pilots. So I took a job as a writer as a, new, as a news station. Oh, <laughs> typo. I, I, I thought I was going to be innovative and unique to the industry. But from the looks of it, everyone already seemed to have branded themselves. Channel 2 reporter steps out of the darkness. 
Courtney Gates, reporter for Channel 2. Southern Belle living in the city life. Avid runner, wife, daughter, sister, friend. Channel 2 reporter steps back. Channel 4 reporter steps up. Louis Carl, anchor for Channel 4. Gomez, father, husband, son, brother, friend. Channel 4 reporter steps back and Channel 7 executive producer steps forward. Greg Sampson, Channel 7 executive producer. New Yorker, retweets are not endorsements. Puppy daddy, son, brother, friend. Channel 7 executive producer steps back. See ordinary people until they win an Emmy and become, well... I'm humbled. Humbled. I can't think of any other word than humbled. Humbled, a word cocky people use to pretend they're not cocky. The reporters break and start working in the newsroom. Everyone is, though they believe they're not. New York is a very competitive place for journalists. Clark is about to walk into the newsroom, but stops. You have a way of getting caught up in it. I wish somebody would have told me it's okay just to be a writer, but nobody comes to New York to do just anything. We try to do everything, and that drive or obsession with success has a way of taking you down a road you never wanted to walk in the first place. I just wish someone would have told me my goals are enough, and that no should have any say in my career. I also wish somebody would have told me to shut up. Clark enters. The scene starts. Starts. Kelly, the news director, enters. This is where you're going to spend most of your time. A shared office. It's how newsrooms work. All right. Kelly exits. Clark sits down at his computer and turns to John. Hello. Hi. Uh, how are you? John doesn't respond. Clark turns to Tabby. What's up? Tabby doesn't respond. Clark just sits and starts typing. Val turns up sound on a reporter story she's listening to, which clearly annoys Clark. Joey Bellino was punched in the face and the suspect stole his chain. His gold chain. His grandpa gave him that chain. I have the best story for you. Val snaps at John. John! Hey, John, over here. Big story, immigration raid. Sunny side, one hour. My source says nobody knows about it, just us. Let's go. You're already on a shooting outside Madison Square Garden. Bum on bum. No, I'd rather do this. We will put Ted on it. Ted. Thank you. John stops paying attention to Val. Clark speaks as a time lapse of his shift occurs. Three hours turned into three weeks. I've written the same story at least four times. Another shooting in the Bronx. Another stabbing in Brooklyn. Then that sound bite. That same sound bite. You always hear it happening to someone on the news, but you never think it would happen to you. Everyone thinks they're innovative. They're not. They're just a new person saying it to a new audience. I think I'm being too preachy. Let me get back to my point. Money. I come in early and stay late. One night, I... Clark is working late with Patty. <laughs> Why are you still here? Why are you still here? I just want to use the computer. You're never going to meet anybody if you stay inside writing all day. I'm not here to meet anybody. Oh, I see. Well, good night. Good night. Patty picks up her purse and walks out. Val walks in. John, I'm going to... Oh, you're not John. No, I'm Clark. Clark, can you tell John I've emailed him my log? I think he left for the night. Oh, of course he did. Why are you here? 
I'm just writing something. Val approaches Clark's computer. Writing what? Just a sitcom idea. You know, I took a script writing class in college. So did I. I took a lot, actually. Yes, well, what's it about? This guy comes to New York City to find a girl he met in Europe. Does he find her? Of course. Everyone finds our soulmate eventually. That's cute. Cute? There's a lot you could do with that, you know. I do know. I'm going to think about this. About my idea? Yes. Stand by. I think this could be I think this could really take off. Val walks away. It's a new day at the office. I have a theory it takes three mo- people three months to like me. I don't know the science. John is working with Clark. I'm John, by the way. Nice to meet you. I'm Clark. Where are you from, Clark? Denver. Denver. Big change. Just don't be New York, all right? I don't even know what that means. It means be Clark from Denver living in New York City. Hey, you puff puff? What? You know, a crockpot flyer getting that 180 air. What? You a cannabis pot? No, I don't fly that 180 air. Sick bra? Nah, me neither. I'm more of a digester. A food? Yeah, food. John winks at Clark. You like in the big city? So far, so good. I'm having trouble getting comfortable. Give it a year. Quick. Why the move? I want to be a writer. You want to be a writer? I am a writer. <laughs> yeah, you are just... Yeah, you are. You just don't get paid. Exactly. Here's the thing about this city. Everyone is, everybody is already something. You're just trying to be the best. People don't come to New York to be a loser. The world is full of people who want to be something. New York is full of the people who are actually doing something. So what about everyone else? They just want to be something. If you're going to be a writer in New York... John takes out a bottle of whiskey and pours him shots. You're going to need to be a drinker. Okay, two in. I've reached my limit. John passes another shot to Clark. You're not in that high altitude anymore, kid. Test it out. Clark takes another shot. I'm a writer, too. Theater mostly. Two off-off-Broadway plays in the books. Uh, That's amazing. It's not. What do you write? Anything but news. Not even politics in the Trump administration. Not politics, and especially not the Trump administration. You're the only person in New York who doesn't have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. Doesn't mean anyone wants to hear it. There is a line out the door with people who will take your job and write politics. They, they not capable of doing what I do. Why? Because when I write the news, I don't have an agenda. I'll say this drunk but regretted sober. Stay in news. I don't want to stay in news. Just through this. Until Obama does come our way, okay? I know you have some work obstacles coming your way. Just push through. Push through. I don't know if I should say. I shouldn't. You should. They're moving you shows. What? Why? I've been so good. Besides that random specific thing New York journalists do with saying nearly instead of almost, it's not that. You're doing great. They just can't keep the writers on the morning show. I'm going to the morning show? They come in at like one in the morning, drinking time. I don't want to come in that early. Come in drunk. No, just a little. Why? Why would they do this to me? Because you're a little bitch. I am not a little bitch. But you believe this when you let prove, when, but you believe this, let you prove your worth? Well, yes, you do. I have a show that I'm dedicated 
That's not what you're showing. Saying yes shows you're a pushover and desperate, hardworking. Let me ask you a question. Look at all the people you envy, okay? No, close your eyes and look at all the people you envy. Clark closes his eyes. Fine. What are these people doing? Something else. Exactly. I don't want to do this. Good. Now say that to someone else other than me. I can't do that. This is, your, this is about your lifestyle change. Have some respect for yourself. I do. No. People who have respect for themselves say no. Saying no is a lifestyle. It's a pattern. We all have patterns. John signals to a blonde woman in the corner. Look at that blonde in the corner. She comes here every Thursday at 6 p.m. You know, when the men get off work. She's always dolled up like she's going to meet the queen. So obvious. And your point? Miss Casino Royale over there is always waiting on a man. And if she's not waiting on a man, she's hitting on one. But she's usually waiting, of course. And they're usually late, of course. But she waits. You must come here a lot. She waits here all the time, giving this impression to every single guy that it's okay that make her wait. Fifteen, thirty, three hours. Three hours? She is desperate as fuck. I'm not some desperate blonde at a bar. No, but you're agreeable, just like her. Maybe too agreeable. Maybe this will help my career. No way in hell. Why? Besides, the entire out of sight, out of mind thing, for some reason, think you think if you let someone pee on you long enough, eventually they will treat you with some respect. Dude, they pee on you. Ain't nobody touching that. Scene four, Clark is back at work. There are people in life who inspire you. Then there are people who just piss you off. Okay. Clark, don't write nearly in scripts. Write almost. Got it. Clark, it's livery driver, not delivery driver. Righto. Vestibule, not porch. Your writing is getting a lot better. Thanks, intern. I hear there's a reporter opening. I'm going to go for it. You are? I think I have a shot. Okay. Do you have any advice for me? I don't think I should be giving advice on reporting. Why? I'm not a reporter. Here comes Val. Val enters. Go away. Of course, whatever you need, whatever you need. Do you want a coffee too? No. Intern exits. I've been thinking about your sitcom. Val hands Clark a script of his pilot. I guess more than thinking. What is this? I spent all night writing this. And this is... My ideas for the show you pitched to me? You really did some writing here. I couldn't sleep. You wrote a lot, all 23 pages. The idea started with you said, but better. How about instead of the, his quest to find the girl, he meet her and she rejects him right in the pilot? Why? Because that's how real life is. Life is about dealing with heartbreak. It is? Ha, <laughs> that's cute. Val, you... I, I know it's not quite what you imagined, but seriously, if you want to be a better writer, you need to be open to other people's ideas. If I want to be a writer... This is what people want to read. Overcoming heartbreak, so, not some idea of this fairy tale love you pitched. That's just not realistic. Okay. So take this draft, make your edits, and send it to me in a week. I can't this week. I have a full week of classes. You take a lot of classes. I have a lot to learn. Did you read those links I sent you? No. That's all you need. 
They tell you how to do everything. I guess I'll read them, but I already paid for my class. Having someone tell you how to be creative isn't going to make you better. What you need is experience. Scene five, spotlight on writing teacher. Every three months I come out to New York City to pitch a pilot to the Higgins. Take a puff of a cigar. They sit and drink their Diet Coke while I pitch a story about the young friends making their way through life. Each pilot is the same, but minor differences. Scientist friends, friends who work at a restaurant, maybe teens if I'm feeling perverted. Know what I mean? Either way, whatever the story, don't matter. Nah, it don't. Nothing's new. Nothing's innovative. It's just recycled crap watered down from the most generic thing it can be to bring in money. I do lack money. Five grand per episode just to be a creator in a show? Deal. You know what I can't stand? Can't stand you fucking millennials. Entitled little shits. You think I, you can get a job for nothing? Idea. Stop f***ing your f***ing and start writing. I don't even care about your process. Write in the day. Write at night. Write about what you know. You like eating Popeye's chicken in New Jersey? Write about that. You like putting ketchup on steak? Write about that. You f***ing white trash weirdo. I don't give a shit. Clark walks up to the writing teacher after class. Mr. McCauley? What? Uh, what happens if your writing partner tried to take an idea you had to put you had into a differently entire direction. You say no. No? And you say loud and proud. What if she's someone who I respect? I don't give a f You're an artist. You know what art is. It's the expression of oneself. It's true to you. It's true to somebody else. If you hate it, everyone else will too. Your secret? Networks don't know what they want. One camera, two cameras, I don't know. If you're passionate about something, especially this early in the process, f your friend. The only person you should say yes I'll change my entire story to is a network and one more thing. This idea you have is in progress. Nobody likes being seen or heard from somebody in progress. So finish it up. There it is, everybody. Oh my God. That is the very first draft that is nothing like the actual musical. Oh, that's so good. I know. I love I... it. I see where the lyrics come from, and some of the th some themes are still yes. intact. But I cannot believe how much right. it's changed. Or like, like same sometimes like the same line yeah. is like even in it. like this last when you were reading Mr. McCon McMolly or whatever his name is, the teacher. That was really interesting because his last little like monologue, the whole in progress thing. Yes, I was like oh yes, yes talks about that. A at, like the like right before she sings station, mm -hmm. so I'm like, is Mr. McMolly like, <laughs> like is, is Yaz like have like a, an inner Mr. McMolly or like <laughs> they like mirroring each other? I'm so, like, that would make sense. <laughs> so I loved the line. I killed. Well, by the way, we had 17 characters in just 22 pages, which is ridiculous. So I killed. Um, I killed Mr. McMolly because it's hard to separate like news. Did he want to work in news or did he want to work in TV? And we, I had, I had to figure out. I can't have two different worlds colliding. I thought it was going to be too much for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. um, but hit that speech from Mr. McMolly. That's actually a speech that I went to this class about how to get an agent. And this guy gave this whole speech about how he hates millennials oh. and how he's like, you should just do it yourself. So that that speech, it wasn't taken from anything he said, but that character of like him hating Inspired millennials. By him. 
totally inspired by him. But the in progress part, actually, um, that's, I remember when we did the reading, someone circled it saying that was the most important line of the show because Mm -hmm. that actually stemmed from, I had a conversation where, um, this person said, we are all in progress. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to wait because I was trying to leave my job and I wanted to quit my job. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready. No one's going to care. Then this person said, no, like, you should just do it because you're really never going to be there. And you, they, you should let them decide. Right. Yeah. And the, the theme, a huge theme of the show is um, to not think of yourself as always, um, to not think of yourself as always, um, a finished product and that you can still right. feel a little bit um, like half you can feel half ready and still try yeah and I feel like also we don't have to we don't have to know where we're going or we don't have to mm-hmm. like know who we are completely because you're never gonna know you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> you're never gonna know, right. you know that is kind of slightly the theme of this episode is i mean we had 22 pages 17 characters i mean although the theme stayed the same and we had some lines that stayed the same right. how many i think maybe five to ten lines or sentences or were taken to the final draft mm-hmm. out of 22 maybe. pages and yeah. so many characters i mean the only characters we kept were clark John and Val. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were and those lines, like the ones that did make it, are in totally different contexts. Like, <laughs> like now. Clark and Val like, along, kind of. Right, like Val bad. was Val was really like friendly toward yeah. Clark. Like well for her at least. Yeah. Like Yeah. That was yeah. interesting. So it's interesting because I can tell you what inspired this. Now that we were reading it, I actually have an idea for what inspired this, which is um I won't say names because that couldn't be bad, but now Here's what it was, like looking back. So I remember coming here, um, and it was very similar to, um, I did meet someone similar to Val, and this person wanted to be my writing partner. And I worked with this person at a news station, and I pitched an idea, and this person like took it and wrote their own pilot with my idea. Oh. That actually happened. I was so oh. mad. I was so, so, so mad. And how did that turn out for yeah. your friend? Uh, <laughs> it turned out, well, then I like tried to be all flaky and like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And then like months down the line, this person reached out again saying, hey, I'm going to move forward on the idea by myself. Oh my I was so mad and so sad and like, what? How could you do that? And I was trying to get a new job. And at the same time, I was being moved to the morning shift. Mm. So everything that happened. It always happens at once. Yeah. yeah. So Shit everything that happened in this yep and in this draft everything that happened was all happening to me as clark who kind of was based loosely inspired however in the in the good morning new york it's so different because in this initial draft it's a guy who wants to be a writer and who like doesn't know how to get there and there's people taking his ideas but that is in a news station so none of this is related to news we wanted to make it related to news right therefore enter the rewrite process which you helped with in juliana and and, uh, morgan and everyone else when it turns into we have to polish it on news so clark became kind of a side character who just wants to be a writer val became a reporter who has that same feeling of like wanting something in news and not getting it. She wants a promotion. She wants to cover the hard news and she can't get it. Betty wants love, can't get it. And if you think about it, which I tried to do, remember in the beginning, there were themes, money, love, and not giving a fuck for each letter. Mm -hmm. Instead of letters, I gave them personalities. So we had letters that were money, love, and not giving a fuck. So not giving a fuck was John. 
love was Betty, mm. and then money has turned into Val, but success. Money and success and wanting kind of your ego being driven, that turned into Val. So each kind of want is what drives a person, um, which is exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so that's where I was in this spot. But as through the rewrites, we kind of figured out it's about news. It's not about me being a failed, you know, person who wants the new job, who everyone's taking her ideas. It's about news or the, the setting. Like now that we've, it's, it's such a trial and error process, you know, writing. I, I'm not a writer, but from what I've witnessed and from being a part of this musical, it's such a trial and error process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like now you have you have to try things and you have to fail at things mm-hmm. and in order to find your the gold. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I feel like now we tried some things, something stuck, a lot of things are Didn't. Go, going down. <laughs> yeah, the workshop away. was so helpful. It really was. And now like having those key focuses that you're talking about, like for each character, and that key focus for the musical itself, like for the like the through line of the musical, mm-hmm. I think it's going to really hone in on things and, and really tighten a lot of the show. And so I'm like really excited to see how these characters interact now mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. how the storyline is going to like follow yeah. through. Because in so many, mu- there is not, there's not a wasted lyric or piece of dialogue. Everything serves like character themes, the whole theme of the whole show, like in Rent, everyone is dealing with, it's each character's, how do they deal with knowing that they're going to die soon? Right. And, the same thing, mm-hmm. but each character each just character does it differently. Yeah. And then there's the overarching theme of no day but to, and like, it, it like, they all, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I think we're really reaching that point. Yeah, because ours is everyone hates their job. Well, everyone wants something. Okay, I'll say everyone wants something that only another person can offer them. Mm -hmm. Right. That's kind of how it feels. Right. It's like, how do you know your worth if if you're being told you're not worth anything all the time? Yeah, or not being told anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's even worse in a way. Well, I don't know if that's worse, but it's it's really difficult. Why is this freezing? Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Okay. It's just difficult sometimes being left in the dark, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, and, and that's the thing, because, like, people have been reaching out to me um, about how to get started. I really just say, just write whatever, mm-hmm. and I think eventually you'll find your theme. Because you don't, you might not use, obviously, you won't use all the characters right. or all the scripts, but you might find a theme where you're like, that is something that, that I found, and it just took me 22 pages to get there. Really resonate. Yeah, and also something like that I've witnessed, you know, from the course of these, like, the different versions of the scripts mm-hmm. is, like, you know, Jackie's still the same person. So, like, the same... So, it's going to have the same energy and the, the same... same heart. Right, exactly. It has that no matter what, because mm-hmm. she's the same. So, I feel like you don't have to... I mean, you don't have to try to... I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you just are you as the writer mm-hmm. and write as you... I mean, obviously, you have to write as the characters, but... But your perspective on the characters, then I think it's going to be a success, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And it's interesting because when we were reading through that draft, I got nervous for a second because I'm like, oh, I forgot about the very first scene I wrote, which was Clark and John at a bar talking about the Trump administration, right. which we don't mention. We Our musical doesn't, we mention Trump once, like we just say his name because he tweets something. Blair over it. But we don't like, mm-hmm. we don't focus on if he's good or if he's bad. We just, we're, we're aware of him, but it's local news. So that's, you know, that's not national news. We're local. I remember re- seeing that little very first scene and writing that in like a bar on a Tuesday and being like, that's about all I have. And I don't, and then it just kind of 
from that little scene, I set it aside for a second. And then I came back um, when I wanted a new job and I just wanted to leave to Los Angeles. So I had this idea, this like fantasy that I should just disappear. And that's why the landlord and the detective were there. They were kind of there to introduce me to like, how would I disappear? Like, what would be that conversation if I just left and went to California and no one knew? And so Mm -hmm. that's how that landlord and detective started. It was like two people talking about where he went and then the guy would come in and tell his story. Right. Yeah. It's also cool to see how, like, the other... We touched on this a little bit, but, like, how the other characters... <laughs> Bless you? Was that a sneeze? <laughs> that was a, was a don't know. He's blessed. Oh, very good, very good. Nice. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, uh, interesting to see the characters. Oh, how, like, how those characters, like, morph into the characters that stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they really did. We touched they, on that a little bit, but... And it's interesting because you see some characters stay the same, like Clark stayed the same. John, yeah. John, all of his lines were mostly changed, but a lot of them said almost the same thing. Yeah, the character mm. really stuck, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Consistently, so, like, a car salesman douche, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I would just like to say... That Dylan and Jackie are so awesome because mm-hmm. they they are so collaborative. They want to hear what everybody has to say because they want to make this show the best show it can be. You know, no matter what, um, they're willing to throw things away or just really listen to what the actors and everyone involved like has to say about it. Which I really appreciate it, and it makes it so enjoyable for me too. Um, I just think it's it's definitely like stretching me creatively, and so that's just so cool, and I really appreciate that. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, like I, I I know just in news, you'll write something, and then you have a copy editor look at it, a producer look at it, then an anchor look at it. So for me, the natural way is to have everyone just look at it, have a say, and then find where all the holes are, mm-hmm. because I don't think one person can do it. Mm-hmm. And it really was so helpful watching you guys actually perform it in person. Like, mm-hmm. right. well, you can write it down. You can write it down, but until you see it actually come to life and it be staged, then that's when you really have a good handle or perspective on writing and rewriting. Right. So it's so helpful. Right. We've yeah. rewritten this thing so many times, and it's interesting because um, some of the lines you heard in that first draft – um, I deleted for months, like six months. I didn't use it. And then when I was rewriting, I'm like, oh, I could actually use some of those lines. So I go back to those drafts and I just pull stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that he said that. I bet you I can find that. Because I always, I send, I email myself a draft every time I finish. So every day when I'm writing, I finish a draft. I just email it with the title. So I have like, I don't know, 200 scripts on my Gmail account. <laughs> oh my That's <laughs> all? <laughs> so I can just read in. But yeah, so yeah, writing, I just, yeah, just write it. And then I really do think you write it. And then you bring in other people who help you figure it out. I don't really think you got to like be too concerned on if it sucks. Yeah. And we said, I mean, we even said when we met like at that diner that one time that it would be really cool to have like people like actors like come in and like, you know, go to like a coffee shop or even just like at someone's apartment and just do a fun little reading, like mm-hmm. an even improvisational reading mm-hmm. yeah. of it. So that could be, if you're writing a musical, that could be a really helpful tool as well. Cause yeah. they said it, if it, once you see other people performing yeah. it, it's just helpful yeah. and, and bringing it forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have a previous episode where we talk about how to find like a free theater to find the free theater and you can do a show there. Mm. Do one of those because you can easily rent out a theater for free like on a you know Tuesday afternoon or something and just do a reading with your friends just to see if it's even funny or if it works. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Because it and and warning, it might not. <laughs> it might not. <laughs> well, because Dylan and I will have a whole po- episode about readings, but Dylan, our first reading was so insightful. Because <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're laughing. Why no, are you Because all I remember is at the reading <laughs> when I got stuck, I made a terrible error. I. Remember, I got stuck on the stage. What did you say? Oh, yeah, really? I remember, but I forgot what you... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, like, entered at the wrong moment, and it was this, like, intimate scene between Clark and, yeah. and May at the time. Yeah. Which was... It know, was, Morgan's like, a romantic... Character. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, like, this romantic moment, and I, like, was on the wrong page or something, because we weren't off book, and... um I was just, like, in the middle of them. They were having this scene, and then Morgan looks at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, oh, I'm just going to, yeah. like, leave or something. Uh-huh. And yeah. I just, like, and it was, just, it was this humongous room. No. And so I had to, like, slowly, yeah. like, walk across the entire room and exit in my, like, heels. Whoa. It was terrible. I don't yes. remember that. That's I so do. Funny. I was like, she's going to kick me out. Because it was a romantic moment where I think he was asking her out, which turned into a different scene in the um, in the off-Broadway off production. But he was asking her out and then Yaz she Yaz at the time oh yeah you're right you weren't even an intern because we have a thing where we we have interns following their boss around the whole the whole production but in this you're right you weren't even an intern following someone around you were just in the scene that's so funny oh god it was it was rough. Uh, yeah, but oh, but I want to say, yeah, note on that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned that like one mistake will get you kicked out. I think that like, no, I, I think that like a series of a series of series of in mistakes where you don't care, mm-hmm. then get, that's like, right. all right, well, like I, I don't want to work with you. Yeah, then it's like, okay, well, leave. But if people mess up, I mean, that's fine. It's they fine. mess up all the time. It's kind of funny when they mess up. Yeah, mm. it's fun too sometimes. Maybe yeah. not that scenario, but other scenarios, yeah. right. definitely. Exactly. And someone recently asked me, just on a side note, like, would you rather have people improvise your script or be very particular about your script? Mm. <clears throat> and I think what I said was, uh, we're all, most of us are very, we all um, work together on polishing the lines in the script and the music. Um, however, there are roles that I've created that are kind of made for improvisation, like John, John. and Billy the intern. Mm-hmm. Those are like kind of made to be improvised. And then there's some, so good at it. I know. Yeah. And then there are some roles that that I don't want to be improvised because like they're the roles that are setting up the improviser. Right. Like yeah. people who are talking, like for you, like um, I, I forget the line that comes before yours. What is the line that comes before you Station. have that? No. Um, they're talking oh uh, something about New Jersey yeah it's like I never moved to New Jersey and they're all talking about pregnancy and like how people who get Mm -hmm. pregnant always go to New Jersey because that's where you start a family and then there's this line that sets her up um, Lexi's character yeah like a punchline yeah Yeah. so whatever so there's a punchline and then you respond with I got pregnant once It, it, it kills me every time. And then there's a pause. But there's like a long pause. But some t- like it, it's either like a big hit or like a big miss. Or like a sometimes total, like, it's silent oh for like five yeah. ever. Uh, like yeah, but that. But, oh yeah, but yeah, improv like for hard hitting jokes like that or things like probably not improv. Yeah, but, we need the setup. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But and, for like writing, if it comes to writing lyrics or like book, then improvising could be. Very, very helpful. Oh, yeah. In the development, improvisation is, is so key. And I mm-hmm. think like half of our cast are full of, even our director improvises, you improvise, I improvise in like on the right. side. Yeah. So in, improvisation, I think, is so key to developing one. 
Um, but when it's all said and done, you have a paying audience. Like once you've all agreed on right. where you can improvise and where you can't, then then stick, stick there. Otherwise, that's really gonna make some people mad. Yeah, like also, me. Like depends on the character, like you said, and the tone of the show. Right. Oh yeah. Like that's true. Well, because I've had conversations with both Lucian, who played John, and John, who played Billy, off stage, and they have monologues where they kind of go to the audience. So. For Lucian's, I'm like, all right, feel the room. You you know what to say, and if someone reacts, you snap on back. And he's really good at it. Yeah, it's like this monologue about why he didn't promote um, the Val, the reporter. Yeah. And then Billy, which I don't know if people knew this, John and his Billy role, there's a monologue at the end of the show where I already wrote something where he like invites Clark to be a writer in Los Angeles, but. Um, uh, John is a stand-up comedian, so he listens to the laughs throughout the show, and then he improvises his, an entire monologue yep. each night at the end of the show. And they're all, like, hilarious. Yeah. And he'll, like, incorporate, like, little, like, moments in that Jackie had written, like, mm-hmm. for other characters in the show, like, certain lines. So he'll, like, incorporate those little, like, Easter eggs for you. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Yeah, and then he's always ends it with, love, Billy, and that's when we know when to when start the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it goes on very long. Sometimes it does it according to what hit. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And it's funny because, I mean, that's what we agreed on, and he does it every night. But then there are some things where it's like very important lines that relate to the show, and when those right. aren't said right, then it's like, well, nothing makes sense yeah. now. Yeah. Or if it's like music, there's really not much room for You can't really improvise. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. unless you forget the words, then you should, probably should yeah. improvise. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. All right. So we're about to go into the music. Um, that's going to that's gonna be such a fun part of part two. We're going to be playing demos that I sent to Dylan. <laughs> And then that Dylan created for the cast. Now, here's a little teaser. I am not trained in writing sheet music. <laughs> so, and I, and I would send him basic guitar chords. And then Dylan is trained in this. And you're going to hear the differences. Some are different. Some are not. We're going to talk about the huge songwriting process. And um, we have a fun one about some of Lexi's songs. <laughs> we have some fun stuff. Station. Yeah, station. So before we, we're going to end this episode. That's next week. Next week is all of the very exciting demos that we're going to be playing. How can they contact you guys if we need an actress? She's busy, though, um, <laughs> in January 2nd, 2020. I mean, tw- January. She's just busy in the fall of 2019 mm. through the, the winter. <laughs> Dylan is, too. But if they need you before, how can they contact you guys? Yeah, sure. Uh, not your phone number. Just no, like <laughs> not yet. Um, my, my email is Lexi Rosenblum at gmail.com. Um, it's self-explanatory. Do you have an Instagram too? Oh yeah. Um, Lexi Rosenblum on Instagram. I'm like a grandma. I'm so bad with social media. I have to get better. Perfect. Perfect. Simple. Dylan? And my email is da1539 at nyu.edu. And he's always good. And he not only plays piano, but he can transcribe stuff for you. Mm-hmm. He uh, he does piano for musical improv teams. Yeah, he's also mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. And then I'm Jacqueline Thrapp. You can find me, Jacqueline Thrapp, on Instagram. Our, our, for this, we're Good Morning New York Musical on Instagram. We have Twitter accounts as well. It's all on our website, goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. Don't forget to buy our shirts and like and rate this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shirts are also really cute. Mm-hmm. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're cute. And um, buy them. And we'll be updating you guys when we have an album and ticket sales. Ticket sales won't go on sale this week, but we will have them on sale 
next year I'll let you know. That's the podcast. We'll see you next time. Be a better bitch. <laughs>